You are listening to Aim for the Bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And unfortunately, not with me today is Maggie the Mags because of the whole coronavirus epidemic. We've had to change how we do these episodes. So currently, I am alone today. So. You can let out a tear. It's okay. I won't be upset, but it's all right. So like I said, if you've been listening to previous episodes, if this is your first episode, welcome. But uh, normally I have Maggie the Mags with me who runs a board. So today it's just me. So I have to run the board myself, I guess. And so on today's episode, what are we going to be focusing on? It will be The Simpsons. Now let me start off by saying before we get into that, our non-legal legal disclaimer is that uh, the opinions that I express today or in any episodes, any other episodes you may have listened to, the opinions of others are just that, our opinions. You can agree with them. You can disagree with them. We are not claiming that we have the ultimate truth and that what we say is the only correct viewpoint. Now, with that out of the way, and like I said, today's episode will be about the simpsons now the simpsons is one of my favorite tv shows in fact it is my favorite tv show of all time i absolutely love it uh seasons one to ten that is i guess as people i don't know if they still say this but that is my jam the first 10 seasons are great i love them i have them on dvd i watch them well i haven't watched them this year but i watch them all the time and i know like basically almost every episode like by heart now can i recite it all like off the top of my head no but like when i'm watching the episode i'm probably very annoying to watch with because i will say the line before the line is said because like i said i know i know all the episodes and i quote them regularly when talking to people i know my girlfriend my friends I will quote the show incessantly, and I'm sure I'm very, very annoying, as you, the listener, probably already know. And one thing I like about The Simpsons, especially the first 10 seasons, and then when I get to the next 10 seasons, so from 11 to 20, this, this holds less true, but those first 10 seasons, and you can really say like halfway through 2 to 10, it just really, or at least for me, it stands the test of time. Like these are episodes that I've watched time and time again. And I know all the jokes, like I said. I know the lines before the lines are going to be said. Uh, so like it's not new. I, it's not the case where oh, I've forgotten it and then I rediscover how funny it is. It's like basically, like I said, it stands the test of time. So it's still funny. So it was funny when I was a kid watching them. Growing up, and it's still funny now when I watch it many years later. And I can't say that for a lot of shows. There are a lot of shows that I liked when I was a kid. It doesn't have to be that far back. It can be, it can be shows from like two or three years ago. The first watch was good. I enjoyed it. It was funny. But then subsequent watches, I'm like, eh. You know, there might be a couple of standout episodes here and there for whatever TV series. There's very few series where it's like where I go back and watch it. And I'm like, wow, that was really good. Well, I mean, let's stick with comedy, so it's, like, really funny. Like I said, the Simpsons jokes hold up, at least for me. You may disagree, in which case you're wrong. I'm just kidding. You're not wrong, but maybe for you it doesn't. But for me, like, the first 10 seasons, when I rewatch it, it's still funny because it's really well written and the jokes are, you know, packed in there. There's, like, different kinds of humor. And some of the things, like, when I watched it as a kid... I didn't get, but then watching it as you're older, you're like, oh, okay, now I understand that humor. I didn't understand why I was funny when I was a kid, but I laughed at it. But now that I'm a grown-up, now I understand what that joke is. So it's a little bit of that, but like I said, even though I've watched it a million times, certain episodes, they're still funny. They still make me laugh. And then when we get to later seasons, not so much the case. That's when, like, like, the... I guess the style of the show changes and it's not as consistent in terms of its humor. It's not as clever in terms of its humor. It becomes like, I don't know how to describe it other than like obvious humor 
where basically characters like say what they're feeling or they literally like spell out what the joke is supposed to be. And you kind of start seeing hints of that in season 10. And then, you know, when you go through 11, 12, like I said, I, don't, I only have the first 10 seasons on DVD. So every other episode after season 10, I've probably seen it a couple of times. So it just depends whatever they rerun on television. So I don't watch those obviously as frequently. But you know, you start to see signs of it creep up uh, around like season 9 and 10. And uh, yeah, it just kind of gets like really obvious, like they like spell things out and it's not like, eh, it's not as funny, it's not as tight. But anyways, so that's just to give you a little background on my love for The Simpsons, because you may be wondering, okay, so what about The Simpsons? You like it? That's great. I like it too, or I don't like it. That's fine. But one thing that infuriates me beyond no end is when people say the Simpsons predicted stuff. So for television, this is a slight, slight aside here, there are two things that piss me off. One are fan theories. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate fan theories. I hate when people say this, this and this show is connected and or for the Simpsons specifically, there's an episode where Homer gets pranked by Bart and where Bart gets uh, like a can of beer shaken up so much that it basically causes like an explosion and puts Homer in a coma. And then someone on the internet, it's always the internet, put out a theory. I don't know how prevalent this still is today. I don't know. I remember reading it like a while ago to explain all like the celebrity appearances and all the stuff because the show has been around like for i don't know i guess uh 30 years almost or maybe even closer to 35 years now and obviously you're gonna have continuity issues because none of the characters age so to explain like that and like i said like different celebrities showing up and how they've had to fix continuity issues Basically, they were saying that Homer never woke up from that coma and everything after that is like a dream. And see, I hate stuff like that because there is nothing in the show to support that idea. There's nothing. It's like when you're doing um, or, or writing an essay like in high school or in university or something, right? You, uh, If it was like about like a literary work, uh, I guess it could also apply to nonfiction too, but whatever. Whenever you're making your argument, you have to have your points that back it up. So if you're going to take on an interpretation of a work, whether it's a show, film, novel, art, like a painting, sculpture, music, whatever it is, you have to back up what you're saying with examples in the text. And I don't see that from this show saying that Homer has been in a dream this whole time. And it applies to other things, too. It's like uh, people say that uh, all of Quentin Tarantino's films are like in the same universe or some stupid shit like that. I also hate stuff like that. Like, there's nothing to support that. Like, yes, there's little winks and nods. Or sometimes creators from different shows will put in, like, an object or reference another show in it. And then you're like, oh, well, that means this other show takes place in the universe of this main show that I'm watching. And it's like, no, no, I, the reason why I hate that stuff is because it ignores the relationship between the work and the audience. That's what it's referencing, right? I hate people try to connect things and like, as though this is like real life and like actual, like self-contained universe. And it's like, no, it's not important. These are works made up by people and they're referencing for the audience. The characters have no interactions between each other in a work. Not really, because it's fake, right? It's written. Someone conceived of it. And so they acknowledge that, oh, a viewer of show Y also watches show X. So if in show X I reference show Y, the viewer will be like, oh, I understand that reference. That's all it is. So it pisses me off. I hate it. 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 Anyways, the other thing that I hate uh, in The Simpsons is now, again, it's not from The Simpsons themselves. Like I said, I love the show. It's my favorite show. I just hate interpretations people make from the show. 
so the second thing other other than like i said the everything is like uh sorry a fan theory or like yeah connected with other shows or stupid bullshit like that the other thing i hate for the simpsons is predictions so people will watch the show see something that appears to be similar to what's going on in the real world and be like oh the simpsons predicted this event would happen and it's like no 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 the simpsons did not predict anything i mean i don't know i guess you can make a slight case for a couple things but like no most of the time the simpsons is not a prediction of anything okay i like i hate it i hate it i hate it i hate it so what do we see or what do i see i don't know i guess you have to think about this but what is a prediction Right to me, this is not like based on like any you know dictionary definition or anything like that. A prediction is like obviously a possible outcome that you say can happen in the future. So it's a guess about some. Are you guys? You can see it as like uh, some unforeseen event that will occur. No, actually, I don't know if I classified as unforeseen but basically you're guessing that a certain outcome in the future will come to pass and then you're either right or you're wrong so i could say like uh, the upcoming nba playoffs are going to be won by the toronto raptors that'd be my prediction so some people and it's not new over many years of human existence people have claimed to know what the future is going to hold so they're going to say oh this event is going to happen some point in the future and most of the time, they're bullshit, these predictions. For me, a prediction to actually be a valid prediction, it has to be specific. It has to be very specific. The more specific you are, the likelier I am to believe your prediction that it was like an actual prediction. Right? So saying like the winner of like the Super Bowl or something, I mean, eh. I mean, what are there? There's like 30 teams, 32 teams. You have a decent shot of picking who could be the winner, you know, based on like the strength of teams, rosters and all that stuff, or even doing through some kind of like predictive analytics model that you could run it through. I don't know, some kind of simulation, very possible. But to me, that's not like, eh. I mean, you know, there is going to be a winner. It's not something that's completely out of the realm of possibility, but again, has to be something specific. So if you say, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the 2021 Super Bowl facing, um, I don't know, the Miami Dolphins. Now, I don't even know if that's possible because I don't know who's AFC who's NFC, <laughs> right? If you say that and they're going to beat them by a score of like 37 to 15, and then it comes to pass, then I'll be like, okay, that's a good prediction. I mean, it's completely based on bullshit because you have absolutely no way of knowing that that's the case. Just like if it turns out, if my matchup is even possible next year that that happens or something close happens, I mean, no, I did not have any kind of like mind's eye into the future or anything like that, right? But most of the time, predictions are super, super vague. So you can kind of twist them into something that's maybe kind of similar, and so we will go through a couple of examples to illustrate that point more clearly uh, in a moment. But basically, that's what I'm saying. So that's, for me, a prediction is like, you know, an event that you say is going to occur at some point in the future that I guess you would have no other way of knowing about. Because if it's something you know, like, oh, a product is going to launch and you work for the company that the product is going to launch, you tell everyone maybe not on a huge public platform, but you tell people that you know, like privately, like, oh, I think this is going to launch on this day on December 31st. Well, that's something you knew. You knew it was going to happen. It's not really a prediction. So, right. So it would have to be something you would otherwise not be able to know. And like I said, predictions, people who claim that shows or, I don't know, could be writers or, people who dabble in this kind of stuff generally keep it very vague so that later on in the future they can go oh yeah i said something that kind of looks like this outcome so therefore i made an accurate prediction 
And it's like, no, like, I guess in a historical example of this would be like Nostradamus. Now, if you've never heard of Nostradamus, look him up. I'm not sure exactly when he was alive, probably, probably in the Middle Ages. But he wrote down a bunch of predictions that people sometimes refer to and say, oh, they came true. And they'd be like, oh, this guy from so long ago received these visions, and, and they turned out to be true. So one of them is like that uh, death of leaders or whatever. One of them is like, oh, the de death of JFK or something. Or that, that 9 11 was going to happen. And it's like, you read it, and I'm like, eh, it's not really specific, though. It's kind of vague. And I've heard people try to justify it as saying, as well, this is someone from, I don't know, let's say the 1400s trying to interpret the events of, you know, 2011, let's say. And so the world's obviously going to look very different, so he's not going to understand it. I'm like, sure, I guess so, but it's not like, can you give me, they have calendars, can you give me a date? Can you say, this date, this is going to happen? It's like, no, it's just like super vague. And then, so it's people looking back and fitting, trying to make the pieces fit after the fact. It's the same thing for a lot of backwards messages in music or something. Like I know like in Led Zeppelin, in Stairway to Heaven, you play it backwards, it says a phrase. And it's like, nah, really, it's gibberish. But if you tell people what to expect to hear, you can kind of fit it to hear that phrase that's uttered. It's not really. Because if it was an actual backwards message, I mean, that one, it would be super hard to formulate something to play, you know, normally, and then sound like something else when played in reverse. That would, oof, man, I don't know how you would do that. I mean, I guess maybe now with like, the digitization of like sounds and stuff but like back in the 60s and 70s can you imagine trying to record something where everything is all analog and you have it on tape and now you got to figure out like that, that'd be i imagine that'd be very expensive you'd be wasting a lot of tape to try to figure that out so to me it's like it's not plausible because anything that would play that you would hear correctly as it's played backwards you'd hear it when it's played in the correct order it would sound backwards right and then when you reverse the track it would sound normal like, that's the only time where it's like, okay, that was, like, specific. But to make something that could sound as though a comprehensible word or sentence, frontward and backward, the same exact phrase or whatever it is, playing it frontward and backward to, to have a different meaning, that's amazing. Like, I don't know, you should probably win some technical awards for that because that, that would be great. Anyways. Let us circle back to The Simpsons. So that's just to give you an idea of like predictions, how I think they're dumb to begin with because they're vague. And then people kind of fit them after the fact, after something happens to kind of claim like, oh, this was predicted by someone. So let's take a look here. I have a couple of predictions that people have claimed that The Simpsons have made. And I'm going to argue that they are not predictions. So basically what I want you to take away from this is that at the time these episodes aired, uh, these were references that the show was making. So what you'll notice is there's an event that happens. The show references that event. And then later on, whether it's the present day 2020 or if it was 2019, 2017, whatever year, something similar happens. And then people look back at the show and they go, oh, this is saying that this is going to happen in 2017, 2019, 2020, whatever the year is. And it's like, no, it is not saying that this is the future. It has never, ever said that this is the future or this event will happen. Because again, if they were saying that, give me something specific. Give me a year. Give me a day. Give me an actual person. Give me something specific. And then I'll believe it was like a prediction. But like I said... The show is referencing something that happened. It is not predicting the future. Because a lot of the time you'll see a lot of ideas are actually older than you think. So let's get into it. So just so maybe uh, I am not explaining myself well and, and you're kind of confused. But let's go through a couple of examples. So the first one I have here is about autocorrect. Now there's an episode... From season six called Lisa on Ice. And in it, during a, I guess like an assembly at the school, there is a joke about the Apple Newton. 
So if you don't know what the Apple Newton is, you know Apple, the company, right? They make iMacs, iPods, iPhones, iPads, you know, Apple. They had a PDA. Now, if you don't, don't know what a PDA is, it's like personal digital assistant. They're like Palm Pilots, if you remember those. I don't know how many of you remember those, but basically it was kind of like a precursor to like the smartphone. Initially, they had no phone capabilities, but it was just like a kind of like journal. I never really had one. I remember them. I remember like some some people had them when I was like in high school and stuff. And it was basically like, it was kind of like your phone, except like I said, initially they didn't have any phone capabilities. And then later ones came out that could also be a phone and a PDA. So basically like you kept your contacts, you kept notes. Uh, you could put like little applications on them, right? So it was basically kind of like a um, journal contact book all like rolled into one. Uh, you could do like voice memos. Like I so said, you could write notes. Maybe you could listen to radio on them. I don't know. Like I said, I never had one. But, but basically it was just like, again, it was kind of like a smartphone, but without like the phone feature and no internet connectivity because that didn't really exist. So... The Newton was like a failed product that Apple had launched. Again, it was a PDA. And one of the features that it had was handwriting recognition. And apparently it was really bad. So basically it had like a little trackpad, I guess, where you had like a little stylus. And when you wanted to take notes, you didn't have to type out with a digital keyboard. You could write with the stylus. And the Newton was supposed to, and other PDAs did this too, the Newton was supposed to transcribe what you had written down into digital text. So and as a typeface. But apparently it was not very good at that. Like I never had one, so I'll assume that that's true. That maybe it wasn't as bad as everyone later has claimed. But that was one of the like I guess conceits of the of the device was that it was not particularly good at something it was supposed to be good at. As like I like I said, it was one of its like features. Anyway, so the claim here is, oh yeah, and then for any of these uh, predictions, just you can Google, I may, I, may, I may leak something in the show notes, but you can easily Google Simpsons predictions and you'll get a whole bunch of websites because a lot of people have talked about this, have uh, talked about predictions that the show was made, which are not predictions. So it says here, like I said, one of the predictions is like autocorrect. So it's saying the Simpsons predicted autocorrect. So with the Newton, one of the bullies, Dolph, uh, after Martin makes some kind of comment at the student assembly, uh, Dalt writes a memo down in his uh, Apple Newton, and he goes down to write, beat up Martin, and then it translates to eat up Martha. Again, this is referencing its handwriting recognition capabilities that sucked, and it's not predicting autocorrect as is one of the claims here. Autocorrect is not the same as handwriting recognition or messing up handwriting recognition. is not the same as autocorrect. Autocorrect is like spell check. Autocorrect is I typed a word and I misspelled it and the phone is going to automatically correct it for me. Now, does it sometimes replace the wrong word? Yes, I've had that happen to me where sometimes I will be writing a word like I'll be writing to and then it'll switch it to of because I'm like... I don't know where that came from. Like if you try to write swear words, like famously, I guess, if you try to write fucking, it'll say translate it, uh, not translate it, it'll co correct it to ducking, right? Which is sometimes very annoying <laughs> when you need to swear. Just as an example, but this is not autocorrect. This was not attempting to fix a spelling mistake. If it was trying to predict something like autocorrect, he... Dolph, who was writing it down, would have spelled something wrong, but he didn't spell anything wrong. Now, I understand that sometimes autocorrect can take words that are technically spelled correct, but it, it's assuming you're trying to write something else and it will switch the word. But nothing like that. I've never had like my whole sentence change completely because of autocorrect. And again, there was no concept of autocorrect. No one envisioned an idea at this point in time where it will replace the word that you're trying to spell. I don't even know if spell check technically existed at this point too. But spell check was basically like if you go in Word, type out a word and you have a little spelling mistake, you invert two letters, you know, you get the little red underline and then you right click and then it gives you the correct spelling or potential 
different options for other words that maybe you're trying to spell that are similar. That's what it's doing. It's referencing the shitty handwriting recognition of the Apple Newton, not auto-correcting. It was not checking for spelling because everything was written correctly. It was a joke. And like I said, because he wrote it out, it wasn't typed. He didn't type with his thumbs. That was not a thing. In the 90s, nobody typed anything with their thumbs. That just didn't happen. I mean, well, yeah, I guess you did with like uh, on a T9 keyboard, which is like the dial pad keyboard that you had on like early phones where, you know, you have to press the same button like three or four times to get to the right letter. That was very annoying. Oof, I'm glad we're past those days. But basically, you didn't text like you text now. So anyways, that's what that is. So let's go to the next thing, FaceTime. Let's see if I can find the episode. Okay, yeah, so also season six, Lisa's wedding. Here it's saying, I've seen this on a couple different websites, either as video chats or FaceTime specifically. But the idea is, yeah, basically you communicate with someone through video, like a phone call, but again, you have the screen showing up. And then you see other person's face as you talk to them. Again, I don't know why people think the Simpsons predicted this. This has been an idea that's been around for a very long time. The, the Simpsons did not predict this. They're referencing the idea of video chat, like which I said has existed for a long time. There's a couple of things in terms of like different forms of communication. One of them is, or has been for a while, was projecting video to another space. Uh, one that is still referenced, I don't know how often, but I hope it never happens, is smell-o-vision. So the idea that you can transmit smells over, I don't know, either like a telephone or a video chat or something like that, some kind of technology where you can transmit smells over distance. And I would hope that never happens just because there are a lot of good smells in the world, but there are also a lot of bad ones. <laughs> and I would not want to have that put upon me through some kind of like phone or video <laughs> device that would be bad but like i said the idea of video chat has been around for a long time because when people make these uh technologies a reality they didn't just dream it up one day they're ideas that have been around for a long time so look like for video chat there's plenty of concept videos promotional materials that were done by various I think even Apple has one, but various technologies. I, you may have never seen these before, but I don't know if it's every year, but periodically different companies, uh, they don't have to be in like information technology domain. They could be car companies. They could be, I don't know, I guess one of those larger conglomerates that does a million different things. They'll put out kind of like their vision for like the next 20, 25, 50 years or whatever, what, kind of like what they hope to achieve or what kind of, uh, you know, products I want to put out in the future. So video chat, again, this idea has been around for a while. You can, if you look up prototype, I don't know, I guess if you just Google like video chat prototypes or anything like that, you'll see uh, companies like from like, you know, I don't know how far back, but it could be 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. With this idea of sending video to someone and having someone send video to you as a way of communicating. So kind of, it was kind of like, I, I guess it would be more seen like through your TV, but both participants would be visible to one another while they talked as though they were on the phone. I mean, just look at a film like back to the future part two. When, uh, the, I think it's the 2025, no 2015 Marty McFly comes home. He gets a call from his boss and it's projected on a giant screen, right? So why doesn't anyone say, oh, Back to the Future Part 2 predicted video chat or FaceTime? Like, that's basically what it is. So, th like I said, this is not an idea that The Simpsons came up with. They're referencing this idea in general that has existed in the world. So let's see. Let's move on to another thing. So one is smartwatches. And I think this is also from the same episode of Lisa's wedding, uh, or basically a fortune teller tells Lisa's future saying this is what, uh, she can expect. And, uh, so the prediction here is smartwatches. So again, the idea of having functionality on your watch is not unique to the Simpsons. 
There's been plenty of things of cramming, I mean, phones, watches, whatever, making them small and usable. This idea has been around for a long, long time. I mean, you can go back to something like Star Trek and when they had like the little communicators, where there was something that was on their wrists or something held in their hand, same idea. So the idea of putting it on your watch as a convenient small thing, small device that you could carry with you is not unique to The Simpsons. I remember like little calculator watches, right? There had been steps before we got to like the smartwatch, which is basically based on making components small enough to fit on a device that can be put on your wrist. That's all it is basically, it's a miniaturization. And that's all it's referencing. Again, it's referencing that idea, which is not new. And it didn't really act like how we have smartwatches now. It was basically, like I said, like a communicator, something he talked through. This idea existed already. It is not new. So again, it's not predicting that. It's just basically referencing something that already exists that was already in the public consciousness. Uh, here's another one, an Ebola outbreak. Again, like to me, like a lot of this stuff, like I said, it's just like stupid, lazy, like clickbaity bullshit. Cause like this is from season nine episode called Lisa's Sax. Uh, this is a flashbacks episode about how Lisa got her saxophone. And in it, in the flashback, Marge reads Bart a book called Curious George and the Ebola virus. Now, Curious George, if you don't know, is a series of books about a little, it's not a monkey. But I guess he's like a chimp, chimpanzee. And um, I remember them as a kid. So just a series of children's books about Curious George who learned about something. I don't know, got a little adventure. There's a man in the big yellow hat. I think it was a movie that came out within the last 20 years. I think it started Will Ferrell, if I remember correctly. I know, I didn't look this up. It's not really important. But basically, like, like the title is Curious George and the Ebola Virus. Like I said, I've seen on a few websites where it's saying it's predicted an Ebola outbreak. And I'm like, no, it, it just referenced the Ebola virus, which existed before the show. Because there was uh, outbreaks in 2014, 2015, and there could be ones coming up in the future. Because it is a virus that currently exists in the world. But it wasn't predicted. It didn't say in 2015, oh, there's going to be an Ebola virus outbreak. That's a prediction. This is just referencing the fact that the Ebola virus exists. And I guess the joke would be that this is in a kid's book, a Curious George kid's book. So again, that's not a prediction. It, Ebola virus existed. It referenced it. It's a reference, not a prediction. And then another uh, prediction is Trump running for president. This one you will see quite a bit as kind of like one of the larger quote-unquote predictions, which is not really prediction, that, oh, the Simpsons predicted uh, Donald Trump's going to run for president. Wow, who would who could have guessed he would have run for president? Really, that one's got to be your prediction. That's kind of specific. Specific person, Donald Trump. Yep, okay, good. Running for president. Okay, that was also good. Specific person, specific action. Not exactly a timeline. Didn't say what year. But again, even this is not really a prediction. It's in the episode where, uh, what is it? They go to a Indian casino. And the reason why I use the term Indian casino, because I believe that is how they label it in the episode. And I think that's what they call them in the U.S. I'm not 100% sure. But basically it's a casino on native land that are owned by a tribe of natives. And they tell the story of Lisa's future. Another another thing for Lisa's uh, uh, future here. And Lisa makes a comment that President Trump left them in uh, quite a budget crunch. Okay. So, like I said, sounds like a prediction. You know, specific person, specific action. But again, this is a reference. Because Trump... Running for president was not a new idea. He had referenced it multiple times saying that he would run for president before he actually did in 2015, I guess when he announced it, for the 2016 election. 
in two in the year 2000, he actually put a campaign together to run as a third party candidate as president. That's what they were referencing. Okay, there's not a prediction that he would run or that he would win necessarily. It was a reference to that fact. It would be funny. This is kind of like wouldn't it be funny if someone like Trump was president, right? That's so outrageous, so outlandish, so inconceivable. That well, let's write a little joke referencing that, right? That is what they're doing. It's a reference to that because even in 2012, if you remember, Trump hinted at the fact that he might decide to run for president, and then again he did in 2015, and then a lot of the people thought, okay, he's just you know he's just talking shit basically, and then he actually did, and then he actually won, and then he's up for re-election this year, right? So this is something, again, that was not new. It's something that had been an idea that had been around before, and the show was referencing it, if you want to say it all together, referencing. Another one that I've come across is that of Disney buying 20th Century Fox from a season 10 episode called When You Dish Upon a Star. And I believe this episode is when they go to Hollywood and they go to the Fox studio lot. Oh, Hollywood, Los Angeles, whatever. And they go to the Fox studio lot and then you see uh, the 20th Century logo there, 20th Century Fox logo there. And then underneath it says uh, the division of Walt Disney Company. Again, now, I don't take this as a prediction. This one, I could see it because it is like, well, it's saying a specific thing that Disney will buy Fox. And I'm not sure on the history of Fox being sold or bought by other corporations. But I mean, it's not something completely out of the blue. Like there's been, um, I can't remember the word for it now, but basically companies have been buying up other companies for like consolidation. That's it. Yeah. That's been happening for a while, especially in the media industry. A lot of industries, actually. I think most stuff, this is a made up stat right now, but like, let's say 90% of like most products and stuff that you buy are owned, I think by like less than a hundred companies. So even though you may see like, you know, hundreds or thousands or I don't know millions of different brands like they're owned by less than like 100 companies and in the entertainment industry like all these film studios there's like five or maybe now four that Disney bought Fox of these media companies so if you've never watched the Simpsons the Simpsons would constantly shit on Fox 20th century Fox because that was like their parent company that basically own like I guess the broadcast rates of the show. So the Simpsons would just endlessly make fun of Fox. So to me, this is just like again, just shitting on Fox and referencing the fact of possible media consolidation. So to me it's like, eh, that's not really like a prediction. If they said, oh, they're gonna buy it in, you know, twenty twenty or two thousand nineteen, two thousand eighteen, whenever this deal was announced. Then yeah, I could uh, I would be like, yep, yeah, that was actually a prediction that kind of came true. But no, again, it's just referencing like this idea. It wasn't really making a statement saying that it will happen. It was just kind of like a sight gag. And then I think the last one that we'll take a look at for this episode is coronavirus and swine flu. And, and this one pisses me off the most, maybe because it's the most recent one that I've seen, uh, especially back in March and April when the coronavirus first came about, especially in North America. I started seeing like on Twitter and like, I don't even know if it was the news that uh, the Simpsons had predicted the coronavirus and the, um, what are those giant wasps called? The murder hornets. Oh, sorry, they're hornets. Like those big, like they're from Asia. And they just found them like in uh, in BC and now apparently Washington State, and they're massive. You don't if you haven't seen the murder hornet, go look it up. It's a big, big old nasty bug, and they uh, 
I think they eat bees or they eat wasps. I don't know. They do a lot of destructive damage, though, that's for sure. So it is the season four episode of Marge in Chains. And now in this episode, Homer sees an ad for a juicing machine on TV. And he orders it. And it comes from Japan. And one of the factory workers that are packing these machines is sick. Uh, it's from Osaka, Japan. And he coughs into the box that is destined uh, for Homer. And when he opens it up, like it's visually represented as like this green cloud with red dots. And when he opens it up, you know, it gets loose and basically passes through the town, making everyone sick. Right? So it's a flu. Again, flus existed. And it's labeled a flu. And I think a flu is a type of coronavirus. But it's not predicting that coronavirus will happen in 2020. This came from Japan. And it was just like a general sickness. Because like disease and stuff spread from globalism. And like, you know, having things made. Uh, in other parts of the world and also from travel people bring things back with them blah 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 that's what it if it said oh in the year 2020 this is going to happen it was referencing past flu pan it's not this is not the first pandemic or first flu outbreak or any kind of infectious disease that has ever happened in the planet right it's just referencing that idea that these things can happen and then in the episode a, I forget exactly what happens, but a box or a crate gets knocked over off like a delivery truck or something. And in it says like killer bees or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. So people in the town are demanding a cure for a virus and they start rioting. Yeah. And they knock over a like like a postal van or something. And there's a box <laughs> full of like killer bees in them. They're not murder hornets. Which I assume is something that has existed for a while. I doubt these are new things that just sprang up out of nowhere. But anyways, they were killer bees. Because at the time, I don't know if this is still a concern. But there was a concern of like Africanized killer bees moving through the U.S. So it was a bee that was kind of like, I think either was brought here accidentally. Or for people to conduct experiments with. Or something along those lines. And they kind of got, got out and then they started like mixing with like local population of bees, which are like based on the European honeybee, which is like a smaller bee and generally more docile bee. But the African honeybee is bigger and more aggressive. So there, I remember as a kid hearing about like periodically in like news reports and stuff like that about about bees, these Africanized killer bees passing through the U.S. and how they could be a danger or whatever. That's what like that is referencing It's not. These murder hornets. And again, they didn't say like in late 2019 or in 2020 that these are going to be a thing we have to contend with. I'm sure they already existed. Like they come from, I don't know, Southeast Asia somewhere. So they already existed and people in those countries have had to deal with them already. So again, it's not saying that, oh, this is going to happen. Like that would, that would be a prediction if they said, oh, in 2020, this is going to happen. That's a prediction. Not, uh, oh, we're referencing the fact that killer bees exist, which were bees, not giant hornets. Right? And the reason why I stress, like, these specific details is because predictions, like, for me, like I said, have to be, you know, accurate and specific. So being like, oh, it's just like a winged insect that with a stinger, I'm like, that's not good enough. I could say, like, anything. <laughs> right? It's like, after the fact, trying to fit it into this what we what we've been presented with by the show and i'm like it's for me anyways it doesn't work after the fact because i'm like it's not really what it said at all it's misrepresenting what the show said would like what i'm saying is that like the show is referencing things that have already happened in the past that are can be seen as similar like the hornets and these killer bees they're similar things but it's not it's not making a claim that oh in 2020 we're going to be overrun with these murder hornets, which we're not overrun, but, you know, their presence has been found here, or at least in North America, and trying to get rid of them before they become a large-scale problem. Now, I said that 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 was going to be the last thing, but I actually have one more thing that really pissed me off about a stupid prediction, and this is the Higgs boson particle. So in season 10 episode, The Wizard of Evergreen Terrace, where Homer kind of like wants to be a 
inventor like Thomas Edison, which actually like I really like that. So it's really funny. In his quest to become like a prolific inventor like Thomas Edison, and you can debate whether or not Thomas Edison was an inventor, if he stole stuff from uh, his subordinates or other people, whatever. Not really the focus here. But throughout the episode, he is in front of a blackboard with an equation that apparently comes close to the mass of the Higgs boson particle, which was discovered in 2012. Now, you could say, oh, that's like pretty specific. And again, okay, look, I understand. It's not predicting the Higgs boson. Trying to find evidence of the Higgs boson has been around for a long, long time. Now, I don't know the exact time scale, but it's been around prior to this episode being aired. A lot of physics, especially like planetary physics, and you know particle physics so like the atom and all that stuff and like things you find on like the periodic table and all like the different type of orbitals and stuff that you have like the theory has been around a lot longer than it being observed through an experiment if you've taken any kind of like astrophysics course or any kind of like more advanced physics course you would know this that, like I said, a lot of the mathematical proofs for a lot of physical phenomenon had been come up with, I don't say discovered, but developed before they were observed. It's not the other way around. I'm not saying nothing has been observed first and then you use physics and mathematics to explain a certain phenomenon, but it's usually the case where the mathematical backing for a certain phenomenon has already been, I don't say theorized because in science theory has like a specific use that's not the same in common usage, but basically it has already been, again, I won't say discovered, but developed. They say these ideas have been developed already and then they observe it and then they go back and see, oh, did it match our framework that we had come up with? That's usually how it goes, not the other way around. And so one thing I will say for The Simpsons is that any little, and this is the same for Futurama too, any little thing that you see in the background, especially if it's math related, is something that is like grounded in reality. So if you see a math equation in the background, some other shows or whatever, they will just have some random equation written there that doesn't really mean anything. But the Simpsons, they take that stuff, like, seriously. You have a lot of people who went to Harvard who actually studied, like, advanced mathematics and physics and all this stuff. I'm not saying they came up with it, but they they know this. And so they seek out, uh, you know, apparently one of the writers on the show actually contacted people from MIT to get this equation that's featured in the episode. So they want stuff that is real. Like, the Halloween episode where Homer goes into like um, like 3D land, I don't know what to call it, when there's like a portal in the back behind the bookshelf and he goes in and it's all done in 3D animation and there's a bunch of math equations and stuff and that's in there. All those math equations are real because they want those things to be real. They don't just want to write random stuff. The same thing for Futurama. Anytime you see like any kind of mathematical equation on the chalkboard or in the background or whatever, it's something that is real, something that... Some of them are like unsolvable equations. Some of them, I guess, in this case, was a theor- no, I don't say theoretical equation, but like um, a developed equation, but didn't have any like physical observation of it yet. And it's the same thing for languages in the show. Anytime you hear someone speaking a foreign language, so anything that's not English, I assume you're watching the original English language version of the show, people are speaking like, that actual language so if like japanese russian greek italian whatever if it's featured in the show they're not just speaking gibberish because a lot of shows or in movies too they'll have a character from a certain part of the world and then they'll say something in that language and then you'll be like oh i wonder what they're saying and you ask someone or if you maybe you also speak that language you'll be like, oh they're not really saying anything it's just kind of like gibberish they're making sounds but in The Simpsons, they're like, no, we want it like to actually be real. So they will check. They will like call people to verify that a certain translation is like correct. So it's the same thing for the math. 
So like I said, this Higgs boson didn't come out of nowhere. They had already developed, like I said, the equation for it. That's why they knew how to look for it. Because they had the, the I don't want to say proof, but they had the concept of it. And they had the framework for it. And then they're trying to observe it. And they're like, oh, can we actually observe it in the real world, this phenomenon? And then eventually they did. So kind of backed up what they had come up with. Same thing if you want to go back even further. We can, we can look at the radius of the planet or the diameter, circumference of the planet, whatever you want to say. It was actually discovered or calculated, I should say, back by the ancient Greeks to within a pretty varied because the unit of measurement wasn't standardized. So it was a stadia. So depending on a stadia was like a building, like a stadium. So depending on which stadium, whatever the, the unit was based on, obviously the length of what a stadia is will vary. But they're able to calculate the circumference of the Earth within a pretty close margin of what it actually is. So again, they're able to do the calculation or develop the framework to figure out the calculation for, in this case, the circumference of the Earth before it was observable. Before they had other methods that kind of like was more accurately able to measure that uh, circumference of the earth. Or measure that dimension, whatever you want to say. So again, the framework, the calculation, the mathematics behind it came before the observed phenomenon. And that's like it for a lot of things concerning physics. So again, it's referencing that. It was not a prediction. Because it's something that, like I said, had already existed. And they're like, okay, let's just take that. Because that would be funny. If you're someone that knows math and knows what this particle, uh, sorry, knows what this equation means, you're going to, that's a little something that you're going to be able to understand that most people will not be able to understand. So we're, I'm going to end it there. Now, obviously, there are other things, uh, but I'm not going to focus on every single thing because I could probably do it for another two or three hours. And I know you want to get on with your day. So, like I said, we will end there. So, I have been your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And again, our non-legal legal disclaimer is that any of the views that I presented in this episode or other episodes or that other people present is just our opinions. So, you can disagree if you want. I'm not saying that I have the ultimate truth or that mine or anyone else on the show that their opinions are the only correct valid opinions. So like I said, if you want to believe that the Simpsons predicted all this stuff, go for it. <laughs> I disagree. Because like I said, it's references, not predictions. But hey, if you want to say it's a prediction and you want to believe it, I guess that's up to you. So once again, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Peace.